Hi, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is the very first episode of a brand new podcast called Go Get a Snack. We decided to name it Go Get a Snack because as mothers, we have had to say to our children sometimes when they get upset or overwhelmed that they just need to go get a snack and maybe things will seem a little better. And even though we have said it to our kids, we have learned that sometimes we need to say it to ourselves. So this uh, podcast was brought to life because my friend Sarah, me, Jenny, and my sister-in-law, Terry, um, have all lost our spouses over the last uh, few years. And we just decided that maybe getting together and talking about things and life uh, was something we needed to do. And maybe some people can get something out of it too. So thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Go Get a Snack. And we hope that you'll listen beyond this one as well. Well, hi, and welcome to our first episode of our podcast. My name is Sarah, and um, I've never done this before, so it's going to be a little bit of a rough draft, but I'm here with Jenny, and do we want to say our last names? I I don't care. I won't for right now, so I'm here with Jenny and Terry. (laughs) Yes. And um, we are away for the weekend, uh, a weekend that we are calling Widow Weekend because we are all widows. Our husbands are dead. Um, But that's not the only thing that connects (laughs) us. So Jenny and I have been connected for just over 10 years. Um, We met because we used to work together. Jenny and Terry have been connected for 400 years. No, uh, no 19, what, 95, 96? Uh, I would, yeah, 95. 95, 96. Mm-hmm. That's when Terry started dating Jenny's brother? That's yes. right. Not me, not dating me, but <laughs> <laughs> dating no. my brother. Jenny's brother, Greg, and they eventually got married, so they are sisters-in-law. And then fast forward to 2017? No, 15. Yes, 2015. 2015, Greg died. Yeah. Fast forward, 2022. Jay died. Jay, Jenny's husband died. Fast forward three weeks, Seth, my husband died. Um, so we were all already connected, but now we have um, a closer connection, not a happier connection, but a closer connection that has brought us all a little bit more peace and joy than we would have had otherwise. And we want to share our lives and wisdom. (laughs) And stories. (laughs) Stories. Um, Things that we've learned around, around not just widowhood, but things that we've learned just through life and our experiences. And um, we like laughing together, so hopefully we'll all be doing that. Take it away. (laughs) Take it away, which is, I don't know what else to say, (laughs) because you said everything. Um, Um, What? um, Well, I was just going to say that I did lose my husband first um, eight years ago this weekend, actually. And um, while I do feel like when Jenny's husband died, I was thankful that I had that experience that I could kind of help her and be supportive in some way that maybe somebody else who hadn't been there um, could be. And 
while I wouldn't wish losing my husband on um, myself, um, I am glad that um, that we have that connection now as well. I mean, she lost a brother at the same time, so. And, well, and, and I think back to, to that time period and um, I'm thankful for the experience of walking beside you through some of the decisions you had to make right after he had passed away um, because it, it, it made it a little easier for me to know how to handle some of that because I had seen you walk through it. Um, and I guess, Sarah, you have a similar yeah. experience because you were down for Jay's funeral um, and you it kind of, from what you told me, it had opened a door to for you and Seth to speak about some things. Yeah. Um, and you guys had only been married how long? Two years. Two years. So yeah. I, I think I think the idea of talking about death and uh, and what to do when someone dies usually doesn't come up in the first two years of marriage. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I know Jay and I had had discussions about it, but we had been married over 23 years. So um, I, I think it was... I don't know. I'm not gonna say. Oh, it's so neat that you were <laughs> you were down to hear neat. what we were had going on. But like that, uh, the idea of feeling like God somehow prepares you for the things you're gonna walk through, whether you see it then or not. So um, I think I can look back and see that through all of our experiences um, when it comes to um, losing our husbands. So. I don't know that I just want to talk about dead husbands right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't want to just talk about dead husbands. Um, but I do think, I think it's really cool that we already had established relationships with each other, and then like, I don't. I'm almost scared to say like that. I hope that one day I can. I can walk someone through it and help another woman like the way that you guys have done that for me because I don't have somebody following right behind me right now and I don't want that but like I'm grateful that like there did you guys have this where <clears throat> after your husband died people kind of like came out of nowhere to tell you that they lost a spouse and like knew what you were going through knew exactly how you felt and like seemed like maybe they wanted to like relate to you and help in some way did you have that like from people who you weren't already close to i did not i and were they all in their 90s well (laughs) there is nothing wrong with that by the way (laughs) um i did not have that um i I was probably the, well, no, I was the first of my friends to actually go through that because we were very young and as were the two of you. But I think that having um, that happen, um, it kind of scared off a lot of what I considered true friends. And um, they stuck around like right after everything happened. But then they kind of went on with their lives because they had husbands and they had significant others and they could go do those things. And I wasn't really included in that anymore. Um, So it just became something different for me to navigate. I think that that is a difficult thing uh, to navigate. Now you're, it's been eight years for you. um, So you have a lot more years to look at 
and see how that's played out long term. And I think and I don't know if this is true for you too, but I think I'm kind of just now starting to see how people are falling off. You know, there were a lot of people initially um, that were very interested in how I was doing and how the boys are doing. And um, it's becoming less and less of that. I mean, there's still a few here and there, but I, I don't know that there's anybody, this is probably not true. I'll have to think about it. I don't think that there's anybody that showed up around the time that Jay died and seemed like they wanted to walk with me through it that wasn't already a pretty important part of my life that's still around now. You know, right. there were there were a few conversations here and there. There are some friends that we were super close to when we lived in Atlanta that uh, we, I have kind of reconnected with, um, but they weren't, I don't feel like they were people that we weren't close to. We just kind of had not talked to each other in a while because people had, we had moved away from the area and they had moved away as well. Uh, so it's been interesting to reconnect with a couple of people, but I don't know that there was anybody I didn't really already know um, that I would say stepped up and, and said that. I do have people who have been widowed, you know, gosh, you know, maybe close to the same age I was. You know, because I was 45 when mm -hmm. Jay passed away. And um, and maybe they were close to that age when they were widowed 15 years ago or 10 mm -hmm. years ago. Um, so they, they do have some things to share. But I do find sometimes the things, when, when you're initially first widowed, hearing people say like, oh, it's going to get better is not helpful. Okay, so let's let's go with that because... Um, I also had someone who lost her husband when she and her husband were the same age as Seth and me. Um, but like her comfort really was comforting. But again, she's someone who already was an important person in my life. Um, and again, I know this podcast is not always going to be about dead husbands and grief. But one thing that I do think we can talk about that maybe people would find helpful um, is that that initial, that beginning part, like early on, there are, there are those feelings of, oh my God, I don't even know what to say. And I felt that when you lost Jay, I didn't know what to say. I just knew I needed to buy a plane ticket and get to you as, as fast as I could because that was the only thing I could offer was my presence. And I remember telling Seth, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And so many people said to me, I don't even know what to say. So I think that's a pretty common experience. So what are, what are the things that you heard that did feel good, that did bring you comfort, that were helpful. Um, because spoiler alert for anyone listening, it's not I'm sorry. The first few I'm sorry's are okay. By day two or three, I was I'm sorry'd out. Like I'm sorry stops being helpful, it stops feeling good. So what are the things you can remember that did feel good, that did bring you comfort, that you thought were helpful? I know that when people, and it kind of, it takes a close relationship for somebody to be able to do this. So I know that not everybody can do this, but I know that when people said things to me like, gosh, I, I saw how well you loved each other, or I saw how well you took care of him 
um, things like that where people just kind of noticed that that there was love there there was care there um, I found those things to feel the best and I think that's kind of what we're talking about it's not it's not that an I'm sorry is hurtful it's that it becomes it starts it's already numbing like you've lost your spouse you're already numb and the next time sorry just feels numb right but when somebody says oh gosh you know sarah i saw the way that you and seth just loved each other Mm -hmm. it just makes your heart warm a little bit you know it makes you feel like people noticed and and i really think that's kind of what it comes down to is if you can say something that makes the other person feel warmer not not necessarily better it's not going to make you feel better but it's going to make you feel like it mattered your love mattered, your marriage mattered, your relationship mattered, people saw it. Um, I think those were the things that that made me feel something that wasn't numb. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about you, Terry? Yeah, I agree with um, Jenny that when people would say he loved you so much and mm-hmm. what a wonderful man he was and we were so lucky to have known him, those are the things that meant so much to me. Um, and it wasn't even that I'm I'm sorry because really what are you gonna say there's just there's no words Mm -hmm. there's nothing that anyone could truly say that fixes the amount of pain that you're in and um and really (laughs) for me because I was the youngest person I knew that had lost their husband I thought no one else knows how I feel or could possibly feel this pain that I'm feeling and I don't know how to get past it. I know that the rest of you are going to go home and be with your partners and your spouses, and I'm going to be alone. And, um, and yeah, it does sound poor, pitiful me, but I mean, when you're in that moment, that's basically how you feel. Um, so just hearing about him and people still talking about him was probably the best thing for me. Yeah, that is a big thing. I know we have all kind of talked about that, that there there are people that they come around you. and It's like they don't want to mention them anymore because they don't want to push you into like the sad space. And to me, it makes me sadder when people don't talk about Jay. And do you guys all feel that way? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And I can I can remember Terry right after Greg had passed away um, that like I would always talk about Greg to you because he was my big brother, you know. And um, I, I remember you actually saying to me maybe six months later after he had passed away that you were like, you're the only person that still talks about him. Yeah. And and I remember kind of tucking that away in my mind. To, to be mindful of that when people lose people that it's even though the sadness is still going to be there whether you bring them up or not right we've got there's this there's a hole in their sadness that will always be there until the day that i die right um does that mean that things won't be happy and things won't be good in other ways no not at all i mean good things are still going to happen but there's still this sadness so if we don't even mention that he still exists because i remember um somebody I can't remember who it was somebody came up and it was almost I could tell they were trying to avoid bringing him up and I just remember feeling like this is so awkward (laughs) I can't but again it was somebody who wasn't super close to me so I didn't I didn't push it with them but um yeah just bring the person up still I think I think that's helpful um what about you Sarah I think um 
initially in those first few days, weeks, um, I really appreciated knowing what other people were going to remember or going to miss. Oh, yes. Like people who said, man, I'm, I'm really going to miss that smile and his laugh. And like Seth had a perfect smile. I've never seen a better smile than his. And even if he was just giving you like a courtesy chuckle, uh, which I got a lot because I'm hilarious and <laughs> um, I, I often uh, make little cheap jokes and he would just kind of chuckle along. But like you could tell it wasn't like a belly laugh, but I think he truly enjoyed my silly little attempts at a joke and that little chuckle I miss that and so like other people saying that they were also going to miss his laugh um other people acknowledging what an incredible father he was mm-hmm. um I I like that like don't I don't need you to just be sorry that's fine if you can't come up with something else to say but if you are thinking I don't know what to say and you're really trying to look for something good then tell me something good about him. Something that you're going to remember, something that you're going to miss. And yeah, now a year later, I still want to talk about him. I mean, like the same way that I get excited to talk about a good book that I've read or a favorite movie or even like something that was a favorite of mine from my childhood. I still get excited to talk about it. And he was my favorite person ever. I still, he's still my favorite. I still want to talk about him. I enjoy talking about him. And I guess I count myself lucky because I do have people in my life who he was also one of their favorite people. And um, so when we're together, we do talk about him and it's comfortable and it's casual and we end up laughing and it's a good time. And I think maybe people don't want to bring them up because they're afraid that it's going to turn the conversation to be something sad and teary. And sometimes that happens, but it doesn't have to. A lot of times it can still be a very fun conversation. What? Even if you are crying, it's okay. through it, you're, you can also be laughing at the same time. Right. Right. You can miss and be happy about those memories. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things I, I really enjoy about our friendship is that I think we get that yeah. about each other. And even though, like, I know you didn't know my brother, Greg, and your spouse, Greg, <laughs> um, and, you know, you didn't get to know Seth either. And But I feel like it, it just sharing the stories about each of them, you know, even if they're just tiny little things, like I remember this time that this tiny thing happened and I just was thinking about it and that, right. that sharing it among us is is helpful you know and i think another thing that people maybe don't think about or are hesitant to do is like if if seth pops into your mind shoot me a text message you don't even have to tell me exactly what you were thinking about or what your memory was hey i was just thinking about seth and that made me think about you and the kids like that means a lot to know that he's being thought about to know that he's being remembered and if the text is something like I just remembered the funniest thing from high school and then it's a story about Seth. It might be a story that he never told me. It could be something new 
and it's an opportunity for me to still get to know him because one of the biggest feelings that I have in my grief is that I feel like I got cheated on time. Like we only we only had a few years of even knowing each other and only a couple of years of being married. I got cheated out of what was supposed to be another I don't know, 50 years of growing together, of getting to know each other, of sharing those old stories. And there are stories I haven't heard yet. And I love to, I like to hear stories about younger Seth and memories that other people have. So I think I try to be aware of that now, like with people who have experienced loss that isn't even a spouse, because obviously other people have died since then. <laughs> but when those people and when memories of those people come to mind, I try to reach out to a loved one and just, hey, I was thinking about your mom and I remember one time in fourth grade, whatever, you know? And I think, I don't know if people don't think about it or if people hesitate because they're, again, worried that that's going to bring sadness but the sadness is already there. Right, and there's, yeah, <laughs> it's there. You're not gonna make more sadness about right. it. I know I had, um, you know, Jay and I were together 27 years, I think, total, married 23, uh, and I've had friends of ours from college, uh, or I don't think, I, you know, I've seen a couple high school ones too, of people who have sent me pictures you know, and, and some of it was stuff I wasn't there for, and some of it's pictures of Jay and I in college. And um, while we had a lot of years, I don't have a good memory. So <laughs> it's always nice to see some of those pictures and go, oh, yeah, that was that, was that Halloween party that we went to right after we started dating. And um, we aren't even standing next to each other because we weren't letting people know we were together. So <laughs> I'm like standing on one side and he's standing on the other. Um, and so it's, it's, it's neat to see those things, too, if people find a memento or a picture or something um, I found that photographing things as I have memories over this last year has been important for me totally um, yeah I've taken way more pictures in the last year than I ever used to yes and I also um, it occurs to me that like that was the last ever picture I will ever ever have of Greg yes and I can't get a new one, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm going to take the picture of whatever it is because that might be the last picture. And that's not meant to be like a Debbie Downer kind of thing. It's just you that's the that's the memory you have. Right. And you can't go back and make more of those. It's just gone. And all three of our spouses were basically uh, surprise deaths. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We, we were it, it was Unexpected. Unexpected. Right. That's the better. Surprise. Surprise. They're dead. Um, yeah. So it was. Um, so I think all of us, none of us were prepared. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is ever really prepared to lose a spouse. But I think uh, all of our circumstances, while different, are very, very similar. And we didn't have the chance to make more memories before that happened. Right. Well, and all three of us have children that were, you know, school age ish. You know, I. Let's see, my kids were 17 and 11 when their dad died. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you guys share your ages. I know. Um, we had 14, four, one loss as an infant, and um, 
a halfway 22-ish weeks pregnancy. So now, as the one year anniversary comes up, got 15, five, and seven months old. Right, and mine are now um, 18 and 12. And mine uh, were both 12, not twins, 10 and a half months apart. So they were just the same age for about a month. And now they are um, 20 and almost 21. So yeah, having the kids, I think, um, adds into that. I know one of the last pictures I have of us as a family is a terrible selfie that we took at a Texas rest area on one of our last trips uh, that summer before he passed away. And it is the worst picture ever of all of us. Um, but I cherish it, I really do. Um, and I wish I had taken more pictures of us. Um, but they're what I have and they mean something, you know, to still have. But I also have found just the taking of pictures, uh, I've taken pictures of like inanimate objects because I've found that, um, I know a lot of people like to keep a lot of things from their spouse. And while I wanna keep some things, I don't wanna keep everything, but I wanna remember, you know, this, his keys. I found his keys and I took a picture of them the day I found them um, after he had passed away. And I just, for some reason, I felt like this moment is important. I don't know why, but it's important. And so when I've seen, because we just passed the year anniversary of his death, so I'm starting to see some of these weird pictures <laughs> I took over the last year. And it reminds me of what I felt that day, what I remember that day. Um, and while it can be kind of sad, it's actually good for me to look back and remember how far I've come. Because in the middle of the grief, it still feels really heavy. It feels heavy today in a way it didn't feel heavy a year ago, mm -hmm. but it feels a different kind of heavy and I have come a long way in a year. I wouldn't claim it as better. I claim it as different. Um, and maybe one day I'll say better, but I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever say that. Year seven, does it feel better? No, absolutely not. Or eight, eight, eight tomorrow. Well, I mean, tomorrow will be eight. Um, but no, it does not feel better. I mean, I'm not in the same state, I guess, that I was. Um, but it, I mean, he's still gone, you know, and right. my life is different than what I imagined it to be. So even if I'm not as close to his death, as I, I was eight years ago, I'm still mourning the loss of what we can't have. And no, that doesn't drag me down every single day. And my life has changed in many, many ways since that time. But I do feel like there are times that everything is just too heavy and too hard. And I don't want to do it without him. But, you know, we don't really have a choice. We all have to just pick it up and keep moving. Yeah. Um, that makes me think about one of the things that... Um, depending on who listens to this, people might think, oh no, that's me. Um, one of the things that I, I don't feel good when people tell me, and I know that the sentiment, the intent behind their words is to be um, a compliment and to make me feel good. Um, but people will tell me that they see strength in me mm. and that, oh my gosh, you're so strong. Your, your strength and your perseverance are admirable, blah, blah, blah. And like, I get it. 
I really do. I get the heart behind it because I felt that way watching Jenny for three weeks. But what's like, the other option? That's right. exactly it. Like, I just want to say to these people, is there another way? Is there an option where I don't have to persevere, where I don't have to be strong? Because it, I want to be very clear with you that if you can show me that way, I'm taking it. Yeah, like, right. I'm is not there an choosing, option? <laughs> I'm not choosing the be strong and persevere path. <laughs> I am just unaware of the other way. So if you can show me the way where I don't have to be strong, where I don't have to persevere, where I don't have to push so hard. I just want you to know that I will opt for that. Yes. Is there an option where we get to lay in bed and you bring us donuts? That's that's a pretty good <laughs> option, actually. Like every day. Yes. And <laughs> and there were days, I mean, so many days, I would tell Jenny, I don't know what I'm going to do to survive this day. And, yeah. it, and she would call me and say, I don't know how I'm getting through this day. I think I'm staying in bed. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, because sometimes you have to do that. But... When it comes down to it, all of us have had to be strong. I mean, Sarah had to give birth without her husband mm. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still, I still don't know. I don't, I do know, I, but I, I have trouble wrapping my mind around how that day was survivable. But I'll tell you how that day was survivable. It was other people. Like, um, I don't like the phrase mother-in-law. So, <laughs> my friend who happens to be married to my husband's dad. Um, her name is Andrea, and she's incredible. She, for the kids, she's Nana Dre. And um, she came and stayed with me the whole time that I was in the hospital. She was incredible. My parents were there with me. Um, friends that have become more like family were right there. And my my team, like my actual care team, incredible. Um, Seth used to work at the hospital where I gave birth. And so, like, these are people who knew him. Um, some of them were the same people who were with us when we delivered um, our daughter without her heartbeat. And so like it was, they were people that we had a relationship with, people who knew my story, who knew me, who knew Seth, and who loved us well. So I do know how, but I still am like in disbelief that that day happened without him. And it feels really strange. All of it feels strange all of it. The 15 year old has said to me a couple of times, sometimes I have to remind myself that that's my dad's baby. That's his son too. Yep. I have never had to remind myself, but like I can can understand that like when you're not seeing the dad who took care of you taking care of that baby, that's just Sarah's baby. But no, nope, it's Sarah and Seth's baby. And so there are a lot of things. It's just weird for him not to be here. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird and it does not feel right ever. There has not been a day yet, Terry, does it come, where there's a day that I'm like, it makes sense that Seth isn't here. This feels like what it's supposed to be. I don't think so. I mean, perfect. It, Thank yeah, you so much. You're- <laughs> Glad I can be light. Um, I, but I think that it is a 
constant like you you things get easier to do but and you do them alone because that's where you are that's what your life is now and you do them and you don't really think twice about it sometimes and then other times you're like, I don't want to go get my car registration done. I want my husband to go get that done because I'm tired of doing that thing. And they're not there to do that. So you just go do it. And the whole time you're thinking, I should not have to be doing this. This is not the thing for me, you know? And even eight years later, I'm mad because I don't want to do that. I don't want mm-hmm. to be the one who has to handle that stuff. So yeah, I mean, easier, like Jenny was saying, does it get easier? I don't know how you can say it gets easier. I think you just get further away from from when it happened. Right. You know? Right. Well, and uh, I don't have anything to say about that, honestly. (laughs) I do, you mentioned something, Sarah, about um, your 15 year old talking about, it's hard to believe, you know, that's, or remember that that's dad's baby too, and that's, you know, brother. Um, and it just reminded me about things that that my kids have said. Because watching, watching your children grieve is another level of difficult. Yes. Um, and because they don't, I know they probably have the internal, probably, I know they do have the internal struggles that we have too, because we don't show it all, all the time. Um, But the things that they say as they're working through it, um, and the things that were said, like for us, our situation was different than both your situations, whereas his, Jay's death was unexpected, um, he ended up in the hospital on a ventilator for a few days. And so I had to come home each night and talk to the boys and let them know how things were going. So even before Jay was gone, we knew, I say gone, we're just gonna say dead because we don't want anybody confused. Mm-hmm. Um, before he was dead um, and we had taken him off the ventilator, um, I had to have conversations with the boys about this is what's coming. This is, we have to make a choice. And when we make this choice, your your dad is not going to be here. He's going to die. And um, those are difficult conversations to have with your kids. And um, I remember after Jay had passed away, um, Daniel, or was I going to use his name? I don't know. I might take that out. Um, my oldest <laughs> was... <clears throat> walking around the house and it probably had been like two or three weeks after Jay had passed and he said I have to keep reminding myself that daddy's not here anymore and he's said that multiple times over this last year uh, and I'm kind of like me too buddy like, <laughs> like I, I have to remind myself sometimes that I can't just go walk back to the bedroom or his office and say anything to him or I can't text him this picture that I just took of you guys while we were out and even though I want to text him and send him this picture um, and those things I don't know just watching your kids grieve is tough because you're dealing with it I'm rambling but I don't I don't even know how to put it into words that the grief of our kids is is a heavy weight to bear as well um and being a single mom 
with the kids is is tough while they're grieving because you want to fix it for them and you can't you can't even fix it for yourself uh, which is why you make yourself get out of bed every day you get yourself out of bed because you need to make sure the kids are okay I know that's kind of been the big you talk about the strength I think I don't even know if that's strength as much as it is, I guess the perseverance mm-hmm. of it, uh, that you know they're there and they're grieving too. And if mom falls apart to where she can't handle you or take care of you, then that's, it doesn't help them at all, you know? Right. No. Uh, and I know your your kids are now Adultish. I say adultish because yes. <laughs> not because of your children, but I have a hard time with mine <coughs> who just turned 18 thinking he's an adult. Um, so, you know, your kids are adultish now. And, uh, you know, so it's been eight years and just, God, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine eight years from now and my kids and what that looks like. Like, I, I can't, my brain can't even fathom that. Right. Um, I don't know. I think it just blows my mind. My oldest is in college and first of all, her getting accepted to college, the college that she wanted to go to, which um, is a pretty great college and, you know, not being able to tell him about that. And then the first time she moved into her dorm last year and he wasn't there to help move her into her first dorm. And then this year, moving into her first apartment, and he wasn't there to do that. So mm-hmm. even eight years later, there is so much that he's missing. And she knows it. I know it. My son knows it. And it's sometimes just overwhelming to think of all these things that he can't be a part of, and we don't have that memory with him he would be so proud of her every father would be proud of their child going to college but you don't really think about those things when they're 12 years old or five or you know you don't think about those things then and then when those things happen you're like I don't know how I'm supposed to navigate that and make her feel okay that it's just me that is having that moment with her and um, thankfully, my my son is very supportive of her and is always there for her move-ins and her move-outs and anything that happens at school. So I am thankful that we have a strong family, that we all support each other. Um, so I think that that helps her a lot and also helps my son a lot. But yeah, I mean, when they get married and when they graduate college and when... All of these things are still going to happen, and it's not even about strength. It's about this is what happens next, and this is what we have to deal with next. And for the rest of our lives, there's going to be a next, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Speaking of next, um, speaking of next, uh, (laughs) shortly after Seth died, um, so the two older boys and I don't we'll see what happens with this baby but the two older boys both have ADHD and they have different um different classifications of ADHD but the five-year-old um hyper fixates 
on foods, hyperfixates on um, certain toys that like these are the toys that he's very interested in right now and also entertainment so um there are several children's movies that i have just about memorized one of them is frozen 2 and um he just got into frozen 2 after seth died and frozen 2 has this song that anna sings about doing the next right thing and it is this song that she is singing in this depth of grief that song in a Disney movie wrecked me, wrecked me. And the idea, because it felt, it just resonated. Like it felt so relatable that like all I can do, all I can manage to do is the next right thing. And it's been a year and that's still the mode that I'm living in. I don't know, maybe that is going to last forever that like I don't feel as paralyzed right now because for a while doing the next right thing I didn't even know what that was so it was like exhausting to try to figure out what the next right thing was and then I had to do it and now it's not as paralyzing but I'm still we are getting through day by day literally a day at a time doing what I think is the next right thing and the, just knowing and maybe that's how I should have been living all along <laughs> but right now that's all I can manage so if people want to make plans with me too far out I don't know I don't know. Can't really give you much of an answer for that. I was anxious about even committing to this weekend away. Um, all the way up until it was time to leave, I was like, can I really do this? Am I really going to drop the kids off where they're going to have one of the best weekends of their life? Like, there's <laughs> no, they are having fun. Um, they're with their uh, Poppy and Nana Dre having a good time. But I was like scared is this the next right thing is this even okay but i made a commitment i'm really not committing to much lately um so yeah i think the idea of all of those next things we just have to do what's next and he won't be here yes and it's funny that you say that you have trouble committing even still i had a very hard time committing to this weekend and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know, Jenny, if you feel that way too, but I know we're planning another weekend for us to get together. And I know we're all like, okay, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> do we have to talk about when yet? <laughs> I'm ready to plan it. I don't know yeah, what the problem yeah. is. No, Terry, it's just us because okay. we're talking about like getting together next year. And Jenny is like researching places to stay. What are the rates per night? How much is the travel? And I'm like, ah, that's a, I is think, there a okay, buffet? Okay, but I think the, you just want to know if there's a buffet. But I think what we have realized this weekend is that I am the mom of the group. And I like to mom the things. You know, we joked about making mom a verb. 
mm-hmm. when we worked together mm-hmm. and you would be like, would you mom that? I think I misheard you. Yeah. And I thought you said, would you mom this for me? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't even, was it like but your you bag? Were prepared to say I yes. was like, yes, I will mom that for you, which meant hold your bag while you go do something else or whatever it was. I think I was asking you to mind it for me. Oh. Will you mind my bag for me? I'm going to go to the restroom. And you, will you mom my bag? <laughs> it worked for me because I guess apparently I am the mom. I just take care of the things. I don't know. I, I mean, we're all we moms. For we it. do. I just become frozen in fear of, I don't know if I can do that tomorrow. That's, that's tomorrow that I was never like that before. I brought like two weeks worth of clothes. Me too. Because <laughs> Are you planning to stay? No, but I was not. How could I commit to what clothing I would want to wear on Saturday, Thursday night? Exactly. I had no idea what Saturday was going to bring, what I would feel like, what clothing I'd want to wear. I brought too many options with no regrets. Yes, me too. Oh, My I don't regret. I, very I have more stuff than I should have too, but... I didn't know what the weather was going to be doing. You were very concerned about the weather. I was. <laughs> I was only, I was more concerned about my mental weather. Not the not the the outside weather. Well, I knew I knew we weather. weren't going anywhere. So but you what guys, if we did. I we would stay about, here. We talked about maybe <laughs> we did go somewhere. We did go out and drive to the Krispy Kreme today. We did, and you made me drive because I'm the mom. We both made you drive because <laughs> neither one of us we were going to do it. it. <laughs> the thing that's interesting is you were the guys who really cared about going and getting donuts. I could have cared less. But I had to drive. But we're but thankful. did you protest? No. Did you eat them? I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a coupon. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. I offered nothing to the situation, but I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I was going to say something. You were talking about the next right thing, and I had something pop into my head, and I forgot to jot it down, and now I can't remember. Do you remember. Want me to sing the song? We're okay. No, because that, that would be a copyright infringement, and we can't put it up if you sing, because you sing so beautifully. I'm, just, I'm not sure <laughs> it would ping anybody's radar. It, it does like not. That. It does just not even like sound that. like the song. <laughs> <laughs> it is the song. There may be some tone deafness in this group. Gosh, I don't remember what it was. It was such a good point too. And you know, okay, so Jay used to record podcasts, and. Um, I I cherish the podcast I have of he and I talking together because we would just sit down and have a conversation and record it. And I'm not on a ton of the podcasts that he did. Um, and they're not even, I don't think any of them are up live except for a few of them he may have gone back and put up on YouTube because he quit hosting them online. Um, but I, I just, I get to listen to his voice still. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I hope with this podcast is that when the day comes that something happens to me, that my kids can still hear my voice. They can still listen to it. And I don't know if you guys even think about that, but um, I, I have let the boys listen to a couple of the podcasts where Jay and I were talking. And, you know, one of them, he, the, he actually interviewed both the boys and one of them. And it was short. I mean, he just asked them about reading and things that they were reading and things like that. I think, I don't even remember what it was about now, but it's just these little tiny voices because they were little when he did it. And they're like, oh my gosh. I said, you know, they're both, you know, going through puberty and their voices are very different now than they were when they were five and 
12 or whenever that was that he recorded them. And, and I hope that this podcast turns into something for us to kind of chronicle where we are and where we're thinking about things. Um, and because I feel like we're always shifting what we think and what we, where we are. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're not doing those things and not growing, what is it that you say? Learned it. Seth said it. Learn, grow, be better. Right. So if we're not doing those things, learning and growing and being better, um, then then our, our thoughts aren't going to change. Our thoughts aren't going to shift. And, and I think it's kind of neat for us to uh, take this moment in time, record where we are, share it with people, and then be able to, to even look back and go, oh, wow, I thought that. That was interesting. Yeah. And you're excited. And that's great. That's great. <laughs> I, I have so much anxiety about that because when I look at things that I wrote or remember conversations that I had in the past, like three, five, ten years ago, it, it's not, my sentiment isn't always, oh wow, I'm proud of my growth. A lot of times it's, I cannot believe I thought that. I cannot believe I said that and that I felt a confidence in what I thought and what I was saying. And so one thing that makes me anxious about recording our thoughts and what we're thinking and what we're believing and what we're saying right now is that that later we might realize how wrong we are or that people listening might catch how wrong we are about I don't know what because if I'm if I'm wrong I don't realize it I don't want to be wrong and so I know that one thing that we've talked about um I want for people to know that we are very comfortable with being wrong that's right but not staying there so like we're comfortable with the possibility that we are wrong that we are missing the mark and if we are wrong, if we miss the mark, especially if we are wrong in a way that is harmful, we are open to communication about that. And I want to make sure that no matter how many of these we record, that we never lose sight of that, that we might be wrong and we are open to communication about where we've been wrong or where we've been harmful. Sounds good to me. I agree. <laughs> I'm still scared. <laughs> and that's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I think that um, we're all learning. And, and also, I think we all have different things to offer. I'm obviously in a completely different space than the two of you are. And at first, I felt like I wasn't really going to fit in with it <laughs> because I, you know, what do I have to offer eight years later? Because apparently, I can't get out of my own way. So... I think that sometimes I have pushed everything so far down that I don't I don't I don't have anything to offer. There's just nothing there. Like what have I learned? Oh, and, we'll pull it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, while I was hesitant to come this weekend and Jenny did talk me into it. I did. I am so thankful. I mean, we've spent the last few weeks 
doing the little app that Jenny made me download. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marco Polo, people. Marco Polo. <laughs> um, and so I feel like we've all gotten closer. And I'm so thankful that we had this weekend together because I, it feels like we've known each other forever. I mean, Jenny and I have. But, like, even me and Sarah, I just, like, I would do anything for Sarah. And I feel like we just all clicked perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just because our husbands are dead. No. I mean, <laughs> yes, that is a commonality. No, I'm have. sure there are other people with dead husbands that yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to spend a weekend with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love you. I respect your experience. Goodbye. Right, right. But yeah, we've, we've all really um, clicked and I do think a lot of us have some um, tendencies that seem to run well together. A lot of us. There's only what? three of us. <laughs> Who else is here, I Terry? I didn't follow any of that sentence. <laughs> I, well, I didn't really want to call out your your mania, Sarah. Oh. oh, I'm very open and honest about my mental health. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very real and grief has exacerbated yes. my struggles with maintaining my mental health and um I, i'll share the funny stories you know like we don't have time right now but part of how i how i cope and manage my mental health is by recognizing how often it is in fact funny right and that's what after I it's like after after I get through it, you know what I mean? Right. Like in the middle of a mental health crisis. No, you know, I am. I am cracking jokes in the middle, but it's not funny for everyone. Right. I was about to say, are we allowed to joke about you during mental health issues or no? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that, that's I'm not that gets that. me through. You know what I mean? Done out of love only. Right. Yeah. And I'll let you know if you cross a line, but... Yeah, I, I think those are topics that I want to be open and honest about. I want to share about my mental health journey. Um, I do think that as a society, we've come a long way. I think we are on a good track toward destigmatizing mental illness. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty open about talking about it. I just... I just recently was stuck in a a very serious depressive episode and I'm not totally through it and on the other side, but I think I'm on the upswing and um, I think it's okay to be honest and talk about that. And it's not, I'm depressed because I'm sad because my husband died. Depression has been part of my journey for over half of my life. and so like we can talk about depression we can talk about little bursts of mania we can talk about (laughs) um anxiety disorder we can talk about chronic illness and autoimmune issues we can like i really i want to be open and honest and just share i want to talk about being an adult I honestly don't feel like being an adult gets talked about. Oh my God, being an adult is so hard. And like things like being an adult and making friends, that's something that we've talked about Mm -hmm. discussing. I want to talk about that because it's hard, but possible. Creating community is hard, but possible and necessary. Where would I be right now if I hadn't already established community? Like the fact that I didn't realize how big of a deal this was until a a therapist pointed it out to me, but 
Within 24 hours of Seth dying, I had in my living room someone from the East Coast and someone from the West Coast. Like, that's wild that within 24 hours, people were crossing the country. Um, and Jenny, I know you were communicating with my parents about getting up there and they were like, it's fine, don't, please don't, she's gonna need you later. And I did need you very much later. <laughs> and I had another friend from the West Coast. I had friends in various states, like this community that spans the nation. And it took a therapist saying like, do you recognize the value of the friendships you have? And I hadn't even slowed down to think about it that, okay, other people probably don't have people from literally across the nation showing up. I didn't have people from across the nation showing up, but I had people you from had across from the Midwest. I did. I did have that. I had people from across the span of 30 years of friendships, you know, that showed up. Um, and it's, it's interesting to look at that. Like I had... Yeah, I, I was a youth director in a church and had one of my kids, who's 35 now, <laughs> um, show up um, for me and people that we were friends with since high school and college. And, and you know, it just spans time. Um, and, and sometimes I think because of our situation with Jay um, and his health, we kind of had become very inward because of his health issues and because of COVID. Um, we hadn't seen a lot of people and hadn't done a lot of things in a while. And um, it was interesting to see that all those people were still there. You know, they were still there after all of that. And um, yeah, that does matter, building community does matter. I just, just you talking about the different coasts just made me realize mine's really the span of time, you know, that all those people were still there and, and people that couldn't make it that were still reaching out and, mm -hmm. and still to this day will send a message every now and then. So um, that is interesting. I don't know where else we're going to go eventually with this I podcast, but we've always got something to say. <laughs> and it's not always about dead husbands. No. Usually not. No. <laughs> really not. We also joke about dead husbands quite a bit. So if you're uncomfortable with that, go get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back. Yeah. Can I sign off by saying I'm going to go get a snack? You just told everybody to go get one. And I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> What, what kind of snack are you going to get? I want to get that hummus out. Oh. <laughs> the hummus that almost wasn't. <laughs> Should that be the podcast name? <laughs> podcast. <laughs>